and welcome to IRI Growth Insights, featuring IRI thought leaders, industry partners, and guests. For more than 40 years, IRI has been known for its invaluable data, but these podcasts delve into the insights the data reveal to fuel market disruption and market growth for those in the CPG, retail, healthcare, and media markets. I'm your host, Joan Driggs, coming to you from IRI's corporate headquarters in Chicago. Hello, and welcome to another episode of IRI Growth Insights. Today, I'm joined again by Jana Parker, principal of IRI's Fresh Center of Excellence, and two of Jana's colleagues, Erin Lavin, um, who joined IRI's Fresh Center of Excellence earlier this year as a consultant working with bakery, deli, and fresh meat clients. Um, Erin has more than 30 years experience in the food industry, including retail, sales agency, CPG brands, um, consumers, and insights. So lots to bring to the table today. And Caitlin Dietrich, a seven-year veteran of IRI, who's worked with both a healthcare client and a major center of store CPG client before moving over earlier this year to support Bimbo Bakeries. So I'm really looking forward to their fresh perspectives on the bakery category, which is the topic for today. We're going to kind of provide what I would consider maybe a refresh of baked goods um, so I want to actually start with Erin to give us a little bit of a top line on what's happening in perimeter or what we would consider perimeter, like the, the in-store bakery area. Well, there's been good news with perimeter over the last uh, 26 weeks. As stores um, um, become, um, operate more consistently, we noticed that a lot of um, buyers are back in the bakery. A lot more frequency, people are going to the bakery more for morning goods for baked goods and for sweet goods. And we also notice a lot of dollars per trip as pricing or premiumizations up there. We also notice there's a big trend in dollars per trip that's driving sales in the, uh, in the, in the perimeter bakery. So you mentioned a big uptick in morning traffic. Now, mm-hmm. is that because people are going back to work or school? What do you attribute that to? Well, it's a combination of, as Americans get more mobile. It's also operation-based. As the showcases or the um, donut um, donut racks are there, we'll, we notice that uh, upward trend in, in that kind of single serve donut instant gravitation. So I think it's it's mobility and a combination of um, um, the operations as as um, life returns back to normal. Love it. Okay, and Caitlin, you specialize more in the center store or the bakery aisle. Tell us what's happening there. What we're seeing there is not as great as perimeter, but that's only because in 2020, during the pandemic, a lot of people were at home. So they had less um, opportunity to go out. So they were cooking things at home, which was great. Um, But now we're seeing that in the data. So we're down slightly, um, but there's actually the bright star of, again, morning bakery. Um, People are still having breakfast at home, it looks like. You know, I I know from work that Larry Levin did that we identified 33 million new meal occasions throughout the pandemic, mostly attributed to that breakfast and lunch. So that completely makes sense. Jana, you spend a lot of time focusing on consumer behaviors. So can you kind of give us a little overview of what you see in this area? 
Yeah, I think as Aaron and Caitlin said so well, one of the things that's been really interesting to watch is the symbiotic relationship between center aisle and perimeter. As Caitlin said, when we were in stock up mode, the aisle was seeing a lot of foot traffic and frequency. But what was so interesting is we didn't get this sudden rush of new buyers, right? These categories didn't suddenly change into something that was attributing, you know, brand new people who'd never bought them before. It was about frequency and loading maybe a couple more units, or maybe if you'd always bought sliced bread, now you're also buying buns and rolls. This year, I think even though we're not seeing as much lingering, you know, we're, we're back to slightly higher rates of time in the store, but not, a hu- not back to pre-pandemic, I think the perimeter has become a solution center. As Aaron said, that when we were in stock up mode, we would just walk right through. Also, the labor shortages in the perimeter was hurting our ability to really show room and showcase. But now we're going to the store with missions in mind. And increasingly, that mission, we know from our survey work, the number one most popular thing this summer was to gather with friends and family, even more so than travel, even more so than return to the office. (laughs) But the number one thing consumers told us they wanted to do this summer when things were more mobile was to gather with friends and family. Perimeter Bakery was really a place to do that solution. I also think the prepackaged nature of snack cakes and some of the morning goods in the center aisle were also part of that solution. So both of these spaces, which again, we look across both. So often suppliers just look at center because that's where they're merchandised, or they just look at perimeter because that's where they're merchandised. But if you look across both, you see this really cyclical happening that ties to where and how and what people want to do. And then they're going to these spaces looking for solutions. Increasingly this year, that solution was I'm having the neighbors over. And what am I going to serve them as an elegant, you know, after dinner dessert? So one of the things before I get into some of the specifics of like what people are buying, I'd like to kind of find out how this plays out across different stores. Because from each one of you, I'm envisioning myself in a grocery store, like a larger grocery store. But how does this kind of play out across channels? And Erin, I'm going to start with you. Um, Is it different in different channels? Is something gaining here, one channel gaining over another? Yeah, yes. As as the world opens up, we notice that specialty in perimeter bakery has has increased dramatically. As um, consumers go to more stores, they go to their donut shop, their bakery, their bagel shop. Uh, so, so we notice that in the panel data that 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 that, um, that area, those channels have increased. We also notice some slightly increases to um, to mat, um, to club like Costco's, BJ's, and Sam's, and um, and the internet has a slight uptick in both perimeter and um, and center store or bakery. And Caitlin, how, do you think that ecom has impacted that center store bakery aisle? in a positive way or in any way? So I definitely think it's a positive way. I think that internet is becoming more and more relevant for consumers just because of the convenience. I think, you know, people saw that as an option that they weren't even thinking of during the pandemic. And now they're saying, hey, this is way more convenient. I don't have to leave my house. Um, And certainly we're noticing that in increased buyers and trips for center of store and perimeter. For right, so that, that might be something that sticks with us. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so now I want to kind of talk about um, some of the products that we're buying because things did change dramatically. So let's start with what has been changing um, in terms of 
what we're consuming. You know, for example, Jenna, I remember an earlier podcast we did where big cakes were out of the picture. And then Erin, you just mentioned, hey, some of those sheet cakes and um, celebratory items are coming back into vogue. Is what's going to stick? Where are we? Tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, I'll kick it off and then let Caitlin and Erin kind of of go deeper. Um, I think morning goods is something you heard us all say, and I just want to emphasize muffins, pastries, and to some prepackaged degree in smaller packages, donuts. Um, I think the other big thing that we saw during the pandemic that we don't talk enough about is the what I'd call the side dish items in bakery. Mm-hmm. And it really became a premiumization story. Even though there are cheaper and easier options in other aisles to have a starch with your main meal, we know from much of the work that Larry, Chris, Dubois, and I've done, right? Meals are through the roof, especially people making, you know, center of plate protein at home, things they would have gone out for. And even during the height of the pandemic last year, we saw fresh, you know, high end three or four ninety nine a loaf breads do quite well. Now this year, I think a little bit more of those party type items, like an elevated dinner bun or an elevated, you know, sandwich carrier, still doing well. Croissants were on fire. Aaron did some work on that. I'd love for him to elaborate on. Um, but I think there's also some spaces that aren't doing quite well, like the bolt case. I know Caitlin's done some work on that. So Aaron, why don't you share a little bit about what you learned digging into donuts and croissants? Because they're kind of a tale of two cities. Yeah. So croissants have... Um was on fire the last year and a half and trying to figure out why croissants are on fire. A lot of it's because some of the major coffee retailer, um, coffee shops showcase croissants as a premium indulgent item. They use chocolate filled. They have a uh, fruit filled croissants. The other thing in the center store, um, there's um, a brand out there that is in convenience stores. That's also doing a new take on croissants and some cream cheese filled croissants and chocolate filled so the, the traditional buttery croissant has now been elevated to more flavors. And, and I, I noticed that in my shopping trip this weekend um, and one of the big stores, I noticed that there, you can buy like a dozen croissants for a, a pretty cool and compelling price. So that, that is a hot trend. Donuts is still, um, it's, it's a different way of doing donuts. That dozen donuts to the office, to the school, that is not have, that has grow, um, that has declined. But we're seeing like small donut holes as a snack increase. We've also noticed that less than a dozen donuts, like a four pack, that has shown a lot of growth. So I won't count donuts as, um, as down, but I do think as, as offices open and schools reopen and there's more birthday parties, et cetera, donuts will still be relevant in making a comeback. Excellent. Caitlin, how about you? What do you see in the, um, in the center store area? So there's a lot of innovation going on. And like we were talking about before, yeah, indulgence is a big thing, but there's also so many diet trends that are coming out now, like keto, for example, there's so much innovation going on in the bread aisle with keto. And I think that that was such a non-innovative category for a really long time, but now manufacturers and consumers are saying, Hey, you know what, there's an opportunity here. And Um, You know, consumers are certainly driving that with all their different interests in the way that they're actually eating. So, you know, there's certainly great brands out there that have a lot of fiber, a lot of grains and seeds. Um, And I think even too, I mean, those trends are flowing into the bakery as well. 
even when I'm in the store, it's, there's supposed to be so a lot of variety in terms of, Hey, I don't just want a regular sourdough bread. If I'm trying to be a little bit healthier, um, in the bakery aisle, I can find an option, which I think is fantastic. I love it. You know, there's this in so many of our decks, which are available on at iriworldwide.com, I have what I call the money slide, and it's how our behaviors have changed. But in the center of that are the big drivers of indulgence. So everything Erin just talked about, um, health and wellness, which is what Caitlin is talking about. And then of course, convenience, which is Jana's like go-to, um, I think one of your biggest topics. So you guys really, it's kind of cool to see how bakery is embodying these really large overarching trends. Yeah. And real quick, Joan, I would say to that, I don't think we've talked about convenience in this space yet. So I just want to make a comment on that because I really do believe, and I said this on the webinar, this category, whether we're talking about perimeter or center store, baked goods could be more. I think we don't position it as the convenience solution that it is. You think about, you know, Aaron mentioned that people go to coffee shops and a lot of what the work happens in coffee shops is they have baked goods to get an upgraded sale. Why not go with this? You know, it's it's no surprise that they do a lot of promotion about the baked goods and not about the coffee. It's an upgraded sale because it's convenient that that beautiful almond croissant is next to your mocha cappuccino latte frappe with pumpkin spice. So those two things being conveniently placed next to each other and beautifully done, I don't think we'd think enough about these as a convenience addition, as suggestive selling. And I think the other thing is as amazing as the growth has been, whether we're talking about e-com, whether we're talking about club channel, whether we're talking about individual category growth, I look at every single one of those numbers and think they could have been higher. If we had slightly different products, slightly different marketing, Caitlin's point about innovation and in sliced bread is a phenomenal case study for the rest of the categories to study. They took a look at what consumers wanted and they gave it to them mm -hmm. and people were willing to pay a premium for it. And that's because those breads deliver the convenience of health in a sandwich carrier or a toasted item. We could do that in every sector of this industry, but we're really chained to what we've always done. So I definitely think there's more room to grow. So that's interesting. And, you know, you've talked a lot about people making, people being willing to pay that premium price. We are seeing prices going up right now. Um, Caitlin, can you kind of talk about where some of the price hikes are or how maybe, Johnna, you could chime in with how consumers are reacting to that? So price hikes are pretty much across the board. And I think that that's to be expected right now, just given the state of, um, you know, supply chain issues and uh, labor issues as well. I mean, and I think it's, it, 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 that's not a surprise uh, to individuals. Um, but Jonna, if you have any other. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, the thing about these categories is that there are some items that are part of the average weekly shop. Mm -hmm. And if your kids want a certain individually wrapped snack cake in their lunchbox every day, you're buying that box probably on a subscribe and save online, right? Because it's much easier to buy the box and you know, traditional things online. And you're watching that price every week. And I think what you're noticing more than the price itself going up week to week is that there's a lack of promotion, right? 
especially Center Store Bakery, had heavily used promotions, swapped around the brands within each of the categories to just really try to grab that extra lift. And that's what we've seen go away. However, the overwhelming majority, I think one of the things that's interesting is, again, we didn't see new buyers. We saw increased frequency for many categories. And it doesn't mean then that people started to buy the stuff weekly. It's just that it went from a once a year purchase to a once a month purchase. And that drove a phenomenal amount of the growth and multiple items in the same basket. So sometimes, and I give the example of cheesecakes, cheesecakes had tremendous growth during the pandemic, and yet they're priced higher than they've been at any point during the last four or five years. But I think it solved a need that was still cheaper than something else. So for example, I think the need that cheesecakes really solved was, I'm going to have the neighbors over. I want to serve something elegant. Most of the other things I see in Perimeter Bakery are very frosting-laden or kid-oriented. But here's this eight-slice piece of cheesecake I can store in the freezer if people pop by to celebrate that we're together again. Cheesecake solved a need. And so the fact that they're now $9.99 on average versus they've been on promotion every once in a while at $7.99, that $9.99 solved a need. Yeah. And so I'm and not here to, yeah, go ahead. Customizable too, right? You know, you can, absolutely. A lot of them, your own. a lot of them, yes, you can add your own thing. It's easier than making it on your own or potentially, you know, one of the most popular shows during the pandemic was Nailed It on Netflix, which is about people trying to make their own desserts. And I think a lot of us, you know, that was something we haven't talked about yet, but there was a rise early in the pandemic and home baking. That has really waned. And I think the idea of a turnkey cheesecake where you can just add a little bit of your own or buy an assortment variety to please any palate, you know, that's coming over, those two things were worth $10 to people. Right. You're not going to suddenly have people come over because the cheesecakes are on sale that week. No, you need a cheesecake. And I think that was why what we should really study is the elasticity of everyday categories, price elasticity versus special occasion. So with the pandemic, you know, Caitlin mentioned labor as an issue. And throughout the pandemic, part of I, I view the recovery of perimeter has been no more self-serve bins, but your, you know, things are bundled and packaged. Caitlin, has that impacted the price of some of these products? Is that, you know, are retailers shifting that labor cost onto the consumer for packaging things up for them? So I know that it probably takes a lot of work to put those little uh, donuts in the packaging. So I'd, I'd have to imagine that that's impacting things. Um, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. You know, just noticing in when I go shopping and even convenience stores, uh, those display cases where you get your donuts and your muffin. And I'm from Philadelphia, so I go to Wawa a lot. Um, before it was, that wasn't even an option, but now I think retailers are saying, hey, we can make it an option by individual little packages of these donuts and these muffins and all these delicious things that we like. So um, I think it's a more, in my opinion, <laughs> a little bit more of a sanitary option. And I think they may stick with it, but um, I'm sure that that takes an extra step and you need extra supplies. So yeah, yeah I definitely think so. Erin, so how about you? I mean, I'd like to, um, you might have a comment on this, but I'd really like to dig into what's coming. You know, people are um, looking ahead to the holidays and stuff. And I'd love to get your insight on what you see 
behavior is going to be? Are people going to be baking their own things again, or are they going to really turn to the retailer for, for support? Yeah, so we noticed, we looked at trends during the pandemic and that whole lockdown, that was basically a, a brand new holiday for a lot of consumers. We, we noticed that in November, December, there was a spike in baking, but all of a sudden, like March, April 2020, um, baking and sourdough specifically was on fire. So we also noticed, noticed that in the center store, a lot of the baking categories have shown increases um, um, for the current year of 2020. That has kind of levered. So as a lot of consumers still want to bake, but they're looking for solutions and doing hybrid approaches using like the bakery or 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 even or even baking themselves. Some of the things we notice is the pies have um, gone on fire. That you know, if you have a um, group of four or a group of twelve, pies are very very well um, done. We also notice layer cakes um, um, that were on fire, and as to Jana's point, cheesecakes. Some of the things that kind of declined last year, but we expected to grow um, this year are cookie trays and sheet cakes. Sheet cakes, for a variety of reasons, um, large group cel- um, celebration, that's the most efficient way to celebrate with a large group. But again, a lot of sheet cakes are made for birthday parties or, or graduations and office usage. So it'll all depend on how the pandemic um, wears out in the holidays to see if, if we're going to go return back to you know, sheet cakes. But I'm looking, still thinking layer cakes and smaller decadent desserts will have a lot of potential in the in the holidays of 2021. Love it. And Jana, how about you? Any final thoughts? Yeah, I think that the biggest opportunity that we have this upcoming holiday season is make sure that your right portion-sized baked goods are available online. They're featured on your social media and your engagement with your customers and then they're in store and you're driving signage to the store. Seasonal is a reason that people go to the store and a reason that they gather. And so I think we often think of the bakery then as they'll come, but one of the things we highlighted in our holiday presentation was a retailer who'd actually taken some of their pumpkin spice, obviously the current season, um, some of their pumpkin spice and maple flavored items and moved them to other adjacent sections to get that incremental sale. At the end of the day, bakery is about 7% of the total store and it's incremental. Now, there are some situations that cause someone to have it be a destination, like I'm going to special order a sheet cake. But how can we pick up, you know, three, four, $10 extras in that basket by reminding people what you have offered? And I think that has to be in store and it has to be online. And often it's harder than heck to order most of the big goods that you have available at your store online. So I think that's what I'm hoping to see this year is, as Aaron said, a little bit of return to both big and small. But hearing about internet growth and where the bakery not is an anchor, but is an add-on incrementally to that basket. Yeah. You know, I know one retailer in particular, Albertsons, is is practicing what you're preaching right now. You know, they've partnered with Pinterest to really start promoting some of this. So it's, it is um, not specific to, you know, bakery, but definitely that across the store solutions and hey, don't forget this. So well said, Jana. Um, a couple other things that we heard, you know, that um, things are definitely increasing both for, or per, especially for the perimeter. Um, things might not be as bright and shiny in the in-store aisle, the, the center store aisle for baked goods. 
but it is way bigger than pre-pandemic. And the department has really upped the innovation. So we've got a lot of um, health and wellness items, very diet-specific products. We have a lot of um, indulgent items, of course, new occasions. People are really um, spicing things up with more clever, indulgent items. You mentioned so many different croissants, Erin, my mouth is watering. And of course, you know, the convenience that Jana talked about. So with that, I want to thank you all. And I look forward to our next fresh chat. Thanks so much, Joan. Thank you for listening. Please become a subscriber and let us know what you want to learn more about. We'll serve it up in a future IRI Growth Insights episode. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to review IRI Growth Insights. Also, visit us on the web at iriworldwide.com and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn.